What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson, and today's show is a special one. Um, guest is Tom Carroll, the f- legendary world champion surfer, someone who's inspired me since I was oh, probably 13, 14 years old, um, and someone who is living a life based on passion, which if you guys have been listening to the entirety of the Progression Project show, um, it's pretty much um, what I aspire to do and what I hope to share and to have a conversation with someone like Tom who has led that life by example and continues to be as passionate as he is now. Um, and open-minded in the way that he is exploring um, this journey. Uh, It was really incredible. And I've been sitting on this one for about a week, just letting it process. And I'm so excited to bring it out. Also a little little nervous just because it's such a a crazy good um, interview. And I hope I did it justice. I hope that Tom's passion comes through in the show and that you guys get as much out of it uh, as I did. So, um, real quick before we jump in, um, we touch on learning, we touch on flow states in this podcast. And if you haven't gone back and listened to the beginning of the show, the idea um, was actually a podcast on um, learning, and I deliver practice. Uh, and it's kind of transformed as I've fallen in love with foiling. And, and most of the shows are about foiling. And I try to bring in parts of deliberate practice and and the whole learning journey. But if you haven't listened to the beginning of this series, go back and listen to Anders Ericsson, who um, wrote you know the work on the 10,000 hours that Malcolm Gladwell's book was based on. Go, go listen to Josh Waitskin, who wrote The Art of Learning, which is one of my uh, most, yeah, I mean, Josh is a legend, good friend, um, but also in, in the same vein of inspirational human as like a Tom Carroll. Uh, G-Love, um, you know, music, the way that he's approached his whole life and especially in the G-Love show, his, um, his routine pre-show, I think is something, someone who has done something so many times in his life, thousands of shows, still approaches every show as if uh, it's his lasting legacy. And I thought that was such an interesting and, and, and great way to approach things, to be fully present in what you're going to do and take it on with that level of passion. You know, the the new show on on uh, ESPN, The Last Dance, the Bulls run their last season, the sixth championship, there's a moment where Dennis Rodman is talking about rebounding. And to me, it is such an incredible example of the way you need to approach anything if you're striving for mastery. He's talking about the way the ball spins when different shooters shoot, the way it spins when Magic Johnson shoots versus when Jordan shoots and how he would get different shooters to go into the gym with him and he would just stand under the basket and watch the ball come off the rim for hours in the middle of the night. He's saying three or four o'clock in the morning. And it's that level of obsession, that level 
of uh, determination. If you want to get good at anything, that you have to uh, that you have to approach it. You know, like in, in taking on foiling and breaking down the best in the game. What we're doing with the podcast, it's the same thing. And that thread doesn't matter if it's in basketball or in music or in foiling. It's the same thing. Um, and Tom is approaching foiling in that way, and he talks about his path, his journey. Um, extensively on the show. So I think you guys are going to love it. I hope that you get as much out of it as I did. Um, Tom, thanks again for coming on. Truly appreciate it. PB from Lost Boys, thank you very much for putting me in touch with Tom. Um, This was uh, a cool experience, and we got a bunch of good shows coming up, so stay tuned for those, and enjoy Tom Carroll. Tom Carroll, thank you for coming on the Progression Project podcast. It is truly an honor to have you on, man. Thank you very much for doing this. It's a pleasure, Eric. Yeah. Um, mm. So this is going to be a foil-centered podcast, but I'm going to take the advantage, mm. since you are on the show, to talk about flow states and to talk about learning, because those are two things that I would love to uh, to understand your perspective on. And to start... Let's start big picture and let's start with how would you describe someone who has lived in the ocean your whole life, who is now as um, deep into meditation as you are, uh, how would you describe your overriding theme of basically what you've been chasing on this, uh, on your journey? (laughs) (laughs) I like, I like the adrenaline. (laughs) I think, um, I, I like that. I think I was just locked in on that sort of feeling of being fully engaged, like fully engaged with everything I got when I was younger. I think there was moments, there was little moments where I was connected to something that was way kind of bigger, but kind of gave me this amazing charge. Uh, and that was, it might have been just moments like little glimpses when I was a kid of that. Um, I used to climb a tree outside in the morning uh, at our house that I was born into and it had this tree in the front yard. I used to go and climb just before daylight, you know, would crack. And, um, And I used to go and sit in that tree. If it was a still morning, there was no rain, no... You know, I'd just go up there and sit there and on warm mornings just sit and feel it. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Like you'd go figure. But but uh, something was sort of connecting me at that point. And then when I found kind of the ocean, um, which we lived so thankful that I kind of was born into this amazing place, you know, to sort of had the opportunity to, you know, be touched by the ocean. So there was just some moments there when I was young. I didn't know what was going on. Like I, 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 I but I didn't, there was times when my father had to pull me out because <laughs> I just, I was just getting sucked out in the currents and in the ways. And I just was, yeah, like this is cool. Um, so he got it, always thought, oh, God, I've got one on my hands here, you know. <laughs> I've got to keep an eye on because he's just like, <laughs> I, um, whereas my brothers, 
was, you know, I was very heavily influenced by my brother, my older brother, Nick, who um, was very competitive and super, like, you know, like intellect and very, uh, um, he was driven to, you know, read books at a very young age. He was, like, just devouring books at five, six, seven. So he was disappearing in books. I just wanted to be outside. So uh, I was quite different in that in that regard. So, but I was always really, um, you know, I remember one morning before school, uh, I there was this big swell, and none of my friends had turned up to go out really early. I'd always turn up real early with my board, and I'd go. Oh, sometimes there'd be no one there. I'd go. I'm just going to go out. I just got this gap on this big swell, right? i never forget this surf because it was the biggest surf I'd had to that point. And, you know, like I think I was 12 and I got myself out. I was at the southern end of our local beach, Newport Beach, where I grew up and learned how to surf at. And this beautiful big winter south swell, which I really uh, – I didn't know what it was then, but now you know, I know exactly what it is. But – the memory is, you know, I was out in this big swell and I just got out there before these big sets hit and I just got out and just got over this massive set. I was like, <laughs> but back then it felt like I was about 20 feet. You know? So I got out and I'm going, yeah. And it, now I could see in the distance in front of the Surf Lifesaving Club. So we have those in every beach in Australia, these Surf Lifesaving Clubs, which is quite a big structure. I could see it. And I could see my friends would usually hang in front of this surf club, uh, but they were all standing in front of the surf club. And my father would run the beach every morning before work and get me in to go to school. But I was way too far out for him to call me in. And I'm just getting these big glassy drops, you know, like scaring living <laughs> daylights out of myself and getting a charge out of that, and I'm going, oh, this is good. And he's got going, and, and he's telling my buddies, I didn't know at the time, saying, get out there, go and get him. <laughs> and they're just going, no way, we're going out there. But those moments, those little postcards from the edge back then, you know, uh, kind of, you know, that's, you know, I'd go to school, and, you know, I'd finally come in, my dad would get me to school, my brother and I, my brother was really up as early as what, what I was, and <clears throat> so he'd miss it some time to time. And I'd be going to school, I'd be all wet head and stuff, and you know he'd be looking at me and I'd say, "Oh, geez, I just had," and I'd be all wide-eyed. I'd be, I'd be still charged from the surf, and I'd get to the classroom and I'd be looking at the blackboard, going, "God." This doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. And I'm looking outside of the wind, you know. So my mind was taken then, you know, completely. And that was those sort of first moments of kind of like fully engaged. It's amazing. How, how did those moments, uh, yeah. how did those moments that, like you just described there, hold up mm. against your moments at pipe and now your moments foiling? Is it the same thing? Mm. Um, it, it's uh, I guess it's something, yeah, my body and, and when everything's kind of clicking in together, the, all the jigsaw puzzle sort of doesn't always come together, right? <laughs> We're always sort of trying to fiddle with pieces and trying to put them into, you know, sort of, you know, sort of adjusting the edges to try to put fit these pieces of the puzzle together to apply ourselves. And 
I think they um uh that would be the similar thing. That feels like a pretty ancient thing in there, you know. Like it's not uh just gonna go away anytime soon. So I'm pretty much mapped. So those pipe sessions, you know, um kinda <clears throat> yeah, my first few sessions at Pipe as a kid and then <clears throat> you know, bring my performance to the wave and just the whole environment out there and the, the intensity of, you know, pulling it all together. I guess that, that's what I was moving towards, trying to uh, chase that, that that linking up of what are the experience and the full, um, you know, I think that, you know, the, the Eckhart Tolle book, Power of Now, is really cool, like that. That book's such a cool book. I mean, you can go back to that book at any time. And, and that, that, that I guess, is kind of like always wanting to be fully engaged in the moment. And that, I, I can't, I can't, that, that seems to be across the board for all of us. When we get that feeling, it's just like, oh, wow, I was in that moment at that point. And that's what I wanted. I just, and I, and I think that's what I, I feel today when I'm, had to apply myself to this thing that I thought I couldn't do, like foiling. I was just so, like, I was, like, watching Kyle Lenny do it uh, a few years back, and I'm just going, my God, he's like, look at that. Like, that is, that's what I want to do. But I, uh, I went to try and do it, and I just couldn't do it. It was just my, nothing in my body, uh, nothing in my mind could Really, and you know, I came to it at a later stage of my life, so the messages are a little bit, you know, a little bit hazy. <laughs> Trying to piece it all together, and they kind of disappear pretty quick. Um, all those messages, they just sort of, you have to continuously come back to it to kind of remap what was going on. So that's that's what I think. I was, I'm, and I'm chasing it today, you know, like with the foil for sure. It's that same experience. Is like I had to be fully engaged in the drop of pipe. I had to be fully engaged in my equipment. I had to be fully engaged in the the dream, not only the the, the vision and the dream, and like every photograph at pipe. Like you know what you know got me engaged from when I was a kid, all the way through to actually practicing it and applying myself in amongst the environment, the direct experience. So it's sort of like the same thing with foil. It's like so wacko. It's on generally on mm, we are approaching some bigger waves now, but it's and, – and I do it incrementally because I want to preserve my body, but sort of <laughs> a lot more than what I did <laughs> when I was a kid. But um, it's, um, it's done on such a, 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 a mild wave. You know, in what I was always going for, much, much kind of going for the steep drops, getting as tight and deep in the barrel and or getting in tight positions on big waves. I just wanted to get into those positions, you know, consistently. Um, my mind is not like that with foil. It's like a different experience altogether. It's new. It's so cool and it's like opening up this part of my mind again it's kind of like just flowering again it's so cool such a cool feeling uh that i couldn't thought that i couldn't do because when i first started trying to do it i mean it's actually kai 
who got me up on and um, you know on a couple of tries and behind a jet ski and, and on his on his um, when he had a go foil at that point and um, and I couldn't I couldn't get it. I was going I can't do this. I was dejected. I was so dejected. I was like, oh, that's my cat. <laughs> and she's just seen a bird outside, which is actually, sorry, I just got to just, it's okay, Angel. It's Angel the cat, and, and it's actually um, Maple the magpie. They're having an interaction. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're doing their thing. It's a usual daily thing for them. But anyway. It's good to have a nemesis. <laughs> you know, I wish I could show you. It's a pretty funny. Such a, another, again, there she is. She's doing traveling by instinct. And that's what I like that feeling of being connected to that instinct, instinctual movement. Yeah. Uh, and that's what foils. Definitely, I can. Uh, it all is a thread that goes all the way back. Yeah. Mm. You mentioned that the experience or how you're approaching, and I don't know if I, if I understood exactly what you're saying there, is different between surfing as critically as, as you possibly can, you know, in pipe or, or wherever you're surfing, and mm. currently in foiling. Is it a different feeling to you? Does foiling feel different? Do you feel there's a different level of consequence? Is it a different mental game? Or is it just that it's different because you're riding in such a different place on the wave and then still getting similar feelings where you know on a surfboard you'd have to be so deep mm. in the barrel to get the same feeling that you're getting mm. on the shoulder. How, how does that relate to you? Um, okay, so for for me surfing on a wave, um, uh, it's more of a gymnastic movement. It's like a real um, quite a com- well, it's all very complex. <laughs> right. But the surfing movement to get performance, you know, vertically and, and all these different positions you get into surfing, it's much more. We're twisting our body. We're, um, you know, really, really um, laying our, our weight distribution in a wide variety of ways throughout the turn and and, and in tight positions on the wave. And we we're laying, you know, the, the really different different movements. They're very different. It's like a we're placing a lot of, you know, different uh, kind of wide variety of pressures across and over. The edge of the board, and uh, and bring it back to centre, and so um, with foil, my experience with foil, as far as the feeling, is um, there's some sort of similar reward, but I'm actually cruising in a different way. I'm doing much more of a because I'm more, more of an isometric kind of hold under the under a lower centre of gravity, trying to keep it low but also super relaxed. So it's a more of a relaxed and free, free, I can't say that free, but it's more, yeah, so from practical terms, you know, using the body, it's a much more sort of, uh, you know, it gets intense because we're holding the turns, especially on a bigger bigger wave. Um, Or if we're pumping, which I'm really bad at, I, I, I'm still got a long way to go with that. Uh, <laughs> just, I'm taking my time. I think that's partly because we do quite a lot of, you know, towing. But, um, but the actual act of foiling on the wave, 
uh, uh, it's a whole another century experience because we're um, not only are we kind of reading the water differently, we're actually uh, we're reading. I'm, I'm, I've got a big step on people who haven't surfed who come to foil because I've read waves and read water all my life. Like it's like a second nature. I have a sixth sense almost <laughs> on the on the way way water's going to act. So so I get this really um, nice kind of um, new idea new ideas about what water's doing and how it's feeling how, how it's feeling the feeling bathymetry. So I get this. I'm now a lot my whole my senses are much more sparked on on what the water's doing so i can take advantage of it mm-hmm. and i think that brings this kind of real new thing because when i first started falling it just didn't make sense why 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 is it that i've got to stay up on the foil because the you know obviously because it's lifting but uh i want to kind of go down now <laughs> <laughs> but the foil stays up and i'm going oh my god i'm in the really bad position here right now to be up on the foil so all that sort of stuff was really tricky to learn and uh, for me and so it was obviously quite sketchy because <laughs> that thing was just a buckle straight into the thing and but um and that can happen now at any given time, depending on how much tension I'm placing on it. But I think with uh, – but now I know much better about where to apply myself on the bump, on the swell, or whatever it might be doing, the water. But that's what I get is the feeling is the feeling of flying, the feeling of free, smooth glide, and much kind of – you know, this is the way I'm applying it. Is just a a, nice, a longer, much more sort of uh, a longer turn with a lot more projection mm-hmm. than a normal board. So it's like a, this really nice, almost snowboarding kind of feel to it. The way, the way we do it. Whereas I notice sort of the guys in Hawaii that I, I love watching. Uh, like Miles Padaka and and so on, and there's quite a few guys. They're just amazing falling over there, but it's doing much more short, sort of like whipping, kind of ripping kind of turns, which I'm yet to get to. But mm-hmm. there's sort of like this cool feeling of flying above the water with no interruption. Uh, whereas surfing, when I go back to my surfing, which I love doing, it's like a, it's a very different experience you know all of a sudden if i've been doing too much foiling i'll just go out and try and do this long old turn on my my little <laughs> five seven well actually a five seven board turns out to be a gun you know my five nine which used to be small turns out to be a gun you know like this big board big long rail and i'll just where am i going with this and so but it's it's tricky to come back to sometimes but um it's definitely yeah, hard to go back and forth. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. How a lot of folks on the show have said that, and I have not surfed like a J Bay type wave, but that you get the same feelings foiling in smaller yeah. surf that you get doing, you know, big open face cutbacks in in pumping surf. Do you do you equate the two? Does it feel the same to you? 
Um, yeah, that that's that's a good one. I like that. Uh, definitely, it's like surfing. Um, yeah, it's like having, you're being. Yeah, I mean, if I'm on a three to four foot four wave, that's like feels like we're like really motoring, and we've just got to take longer turns and and really look at where we are on the wave. But um, carving on a big wave, uh, that's we can. I know that we can get on a bigger wave. Say, if I'm to surf Jeff. Eight to ten foot J Bay, which is an amazing experience. Surfing any kind of like big face down the line wave, say Honolulu Bay or Sunset mm-hmm. Beach on the backside. I love surfing those bigger waves on you know and carving a bigger board. But during foiling, you've got you, you definitely that's I think that's a really good analogy. You know, we go we have a similar experience for sure. It's like a uh, but the carving on a rail is different than carving on a foil. It's like um, a carve on a rail. If, if we want to take, okay, go back to Kai Lenny, and I look at Kai um, carving Nazare. So he, if, uh, uh, you know, towing into Nazare and carving, like he's you know, jumps in the air and does, flip, you know, yeah. those helicopters and shit. But it's like, yeah, <laughs> but if you notice... But he's he he knows yeah he he's got a sense of that long deep carve. That's a different type of feeling on a foil. On a foil, um, I think now um, I've got a longer mast and a smaller foil. I can lay it over more now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's on a carving a rail on a board on a big wave. I feel that I can kind of lay right over. Whereas on a foil. Um, but I won't get the projection like I do on a foil. Mm-hmm. But on a smaller wave, I, you know, if I've got the right equipment, I can actually lay the foil. If it's a smaller foil, uh, and particularly a smaller tail wing, I can, and a subtly shorter fuselage, I can lay it over more. Mm. Gotcha. I love that yeah. feeling foiling when it when you're accelerating mm. through a turn, where oh, you're ending faster yeah. than you started. I've never really had. Um, I was a kind of decent shortboarder, not really that good. Mm. Um, I did a mm. lot of stand-up paddle surfing for a while. I do yeah. have that commonality yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but but I love that feeling. I wonder if you're better at surfing if you get that acceleration feeling through the turn, um, or if that's unique to foiling. Um, not like foiling. Not like foiling. Um, no, no. You, we can um, depending on what kind of board, particularly if, if we're on a, a little fish board. If we're, I notice that if I'm on my five-two fish uh, quad, that I have a really lovely little fish quad, and I notice that I can project on the smaller waves, um, on the right kind of waves, I can end a turn in the similar speed, but not like that type of projection you get from coming off the crest down to the base and then continuing the turn on a on a foil, which just squirts you back towards the crest like uh in a really you know like really squirts huh it's yeah. like <laughs> yeah. uh, that we don't we don't really get that so much surfing we get little glimpses of it that's my experience we get some glimpses but not quite like the foil mm. gotcha. um, yeah. right. so most of the folks who will be listening to this show mm. are on the path themselves 
of trying to get as good at foiling as, as they can as quickly as mm. possible. Um, so I'd like to talk mm. through your learning process and what you've brought in from surfing, what worked and what didn't work, and what didn't work, and and how how you've been approaching it from the beginning. Has it been a systematic approach? Has it been a, just like a grom fest, go out and just just go for it? How have you taken on foiling? Mm. Uh, I think it's been a kind of combination of both because, you know, I get the Grom froth going, mm-hmm. which is really important because it keeps me enthusiastic. <laughs> uh, and there's a kind of a lightness to it. You know, I'm not all heavy about it. <laughs> oh, I've got to be here. But, um, I, you know, but I also think for me, am I, you know, I'm, I'm 58 years old. I can't just sort of, get, you know, just throw myself at things like I used to and I tend to do that. Um, <clears throat> but... What I did was I just got consistent in doing it. I just got, okay, I gave myself, uh, I got behind the jet ski and I think getting behind the jet ski or or a boat or whatever you've got there uh, and getting consistent, um, the message back through the body of what it is to be um, getting up on the foil and getting it up and in, you know, flying. So we get that sense of, you know, just really kind of mapping the body through the actual experience of doing it, you know, we, we can't sort of imagine doing it, <laughs> can't, we can, right? We can't visualise to some degree, but um, but getting up and get going is definitely best. I got there by getting on the jet behind the jet ski mm-hmm. and doing it regularly. So there's a regular um, kind of mapping of the mind of the and the body, so the body starts getting the messages clear, and then I. And that took, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, um, probably uh, I gave myself a, a good couple of months at really getting out there a few times a week um, and sometimes several days in a row. And that was the best time when I got out, got myself out <clears throat> with the boys on the jet ski um, several days in a row. So then there was a real kind of, you know, charging up of the system and the memory. The memory is like so important. The body and the muscle memory system needs to be kicked in, mm-hmm. and it, because it's such a, such a different experience to get up on that foil when we've never done it before, and then just go, "What am I doing up here? Yeah. It's just so foreign. What's going on? It doesn't make any sense." Especially for being a surfer, uh, um, you know, it definitely adds to the experience to sort of know, have less fear, but. The, there's, you know, the fear messages, the self-preservation messages, uh, will be much more pronounced at 58 than what they would be at, say, 20 years old. So early, even earlier, the kids, you know, when I get them up on the jets, the foil, they just get up so quick and it, it all sort of clicks in and boom, they don't have to do it. Uh, you know, put so much time in, so they're just really full fresh and everything's popping. Right. But for if you're a bit older and uh, you'll mm, I'd say if you want to do this foiling, it's like put the time in and and it will reward you. Your yeah. body will sort of come around. And I most definitely had that. I can't do this. Uh, I can't. I can't pull it together because I just couldn't keep the foil in the water at first. I was so heavily back footed. But mm, is it harder uh, that? So, sorry, yeah, we have a little delay. Is it harder being? Yeah. Tom Carroll and who you are in the surf world and then having to start over. I feel like, and I, 
you know, this is something that I wanted to get to a little bit later, but maybe we dive mm. into it now yeah. as well, where, yeah. you know, a lot of folks, I feel like going into stand-up surfing as well, the surf community kind of rejected stand-up, but it also took, oh, yeah. jump, jumping into stand-up, it took a little bit of eating crow because you were a kook mm. and you were falling down and people were laughing at yeah. you. I feel like yeah. people rejected that. Um, yeah. And, and then going into foiling as well, I feel like there might be some being who you are in the surf world. Is it difficult mm. to go out there and, and, you know, start over? You're going to be a kook at the beginning, no matter who you are. Is that a difficult mm. process? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to, to really step aside, um, step step aside of that. <laughs> well, there's definitely a part of me that goes, oh, I'll just go back to surfing because, you know, and everyone looks at you going, what are you doing? You know, you're and then I'm like going, surf's pretty good, and I'm going foiling, what am I thinking? Uh, but, um, but uh, yeah, I just, I think... Um, you know, I'm not perfect at this at all by any means, and I've had a lot of ups and downs with this. Is actually just sort of going with what's feeling good, you know, like what what actually sort of makes me kind of sparks my imagination and um, goes with um, the challenge. You know, what's what oh, I'm up for the challenge of this because it's kind of something different. I mean, I've been surfing for a long time. I put a lot of effort into that. I kind of know that quite well. I just need. I was just looking for um, a new experience, which actually is within the realm of riding a wave. It's it's in my kind of ballpark, but it was just really. I've always just loved riding the energy of a wave, and whatever that might be, whether it be body surfing. You know, I just uh, to get really good at surfing, but there's like. <clears throat> When it comes to like stand up paddling, you know what, man? If it feels good, just do it. You know, like that's that's some something in me. I have to I have to recognize that, and uh, and above all, I have to recognize that. So I just go with the froth, and that, <laughs> and I get a lot of shit. I mean, it, it's so much, and it, sometimes it, it hits me. And if I'm if I'm not really something else is going on in my life, and I'm kind of sensitive around stuff or something because I'm not always like really solid about it <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like you know it's it does it hits me I goes oh she's maybe I'm oh the stand-up thing's just a real bummer you know for people you know like and I'm like going hang on a sec uh I get so much out of this and I just got to try and get perspective on it and uh, and stay in a, in a clear and clean perspective on it and go with what's making you know what really makes me feel you know what I'm actually enthusiastic about. So if I just go with, I just noticed that that's gotten clearer to me over year, over the years. It's not, and I want that to stay and remain because ultimately it gets me out doing new things and actually starts creating kind of this level of enthusiasm, which I reckon enthusiasm. If you're enthusiastic about something, you're living life. Like boom. Kind of can't get better than that. If you're enthusiastic about something, go for it. Like, um, and if it's if it's going to get caught in a social narrative about, oh, like, oh, you're just not. That's so uncool. Like, look what you're doing. You know, if that's if that's what we're caught in, well, feel that energy for yourself. That's it. So you know, when I, you know, like, 
go out on a stand-up paddleboard. I don't want to go. I know what it's like when I'm surfing and someone comes out on a stand-up paddleboard and they can't do it. <laughs> it's dangerous, mm-hmm. right? And they're just fresh on it. They're just trying to figure it out. And then this big old thing and they're standing up and they're kind of just with it and there's a set coming through. You want to clear out. <laughs> and I just want to say, hey, buddy, bad place to do this, you know. I'll guide them to a, maybe a better place in a, you know, friendly way, but uh, you know, if they're an asshole in the water and they're just taking every wave because they've got the power of the paddle, you can't have a talk to them again in another kind of way. And uh, and if I'm out there on a stand-up paddleboard, I don't take every wave, you know. Uh, but I enjoy what I'm doing. If I'm enjoying what I'm doing, and and I'm sitting there and I'm uh joining in with the fun uh, and, and froth of just surfing a wave no matter what the craft man I, I just i'm a better person for that i just know that i am so you know i don't you know i, I just try to step aside of the social narrative around things and try to just go with what um what feels right and i'm not I'm not, I'm not, no, I've had so many stumbles with that myself. So, and that can be really, really, um, you know, at any given moment, quite sort of sketchy, the, you know, thinking that I, I'll go with my heart every single time. But I try to, that's a practice, you know. Mm. Well put. Um, on that thread, mm. why do you think foiling has been accepted in the surf world to such a greater degree than stand-up ever was? Well, I, I think the symbolic nature of stand-up is quite threatening. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to anyone, like, um, you know, uh, and I get it. It's, uh, you know, you're standing up on a board, you're looking down, you've got a, a thing in your arms, like a hand. So that before language is a sort of like a wall, you know? Before we even talk a language within ourselves and to out to others, we're, whoa, got this, whoa, what's this guy kind of, whoa, he's standing up. Oh, it's kind of threatening. So I think that, and then all, and then, then you get the idea that <clears throat> they might take over, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which can happen. I've seen yeah. it happen. And, um, and I've been super enthusiastic on a stand-up, and I still am. I still enjoy it. But it's like uh, – and it can be done in so many different ways, which is really cool. And um, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be surfing stand-up. It can be downwind paddling, distance paddling. And it's a great exercise, but uh, it's the threatening position. That's my feeling from a very core um, level, you know, basic kind of before language kind of – experience we see people and a bunch of stand-ups in the lineup and you go oh my god it's like it's imposing so yeah i get it um but foiling you know uh we're not really going to be surfing the same waves like when we look at it with and i really try not to uh I'm not saying perfectly this because I have foiled through a lineup before, which is bad, bad behaviour. <laughs> uh, I don't, uh, you know, advise anyone to do that. Usually, keep stay clear. But really, um, I think finally doesn't pose that kind of threat unless you're on the stand-up foil, 
but really, I don't think it, stand, it, it poses the same kind of threat. Foiling is still quite um, distant to surfers. Um, that's all right. I get, too. They're kind of going, oh, well, that looks way too... I hear that. That's my first response. Oh, well, they're kind of interested in it, seeing what they... Um, well, what's that thing? You know, and they go, oh, oh, I heard that's really hard. You know, I go, well, you know, um, give, give it time, you know. But uh, but we're not looking at the same waves, and that's what the cool thing is. We're really understanding now that we don't want to foil, um, you know, steep, really steep waves yet. We don't, I, I don't know. I, I know that I don't want to surf foil waves of the, the great forward breaks that I surf uh, as waves that I don't want to surf normally. Right. Um, so I don't think there's so much of a threat to the lineup that stand-up paddleboard surfing would um, would pose. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in watching you through, you know, um, a big thanks to, to PB for, for hooking us up and you being on the show yeah. for starters and yeah, uh, I love everything that, that you guys do at the Lost Boys Foil Club. If you guys mm. don't follow Lost Boys, you guys you should do it. I'm sure everyone yeah. listening probably does already. But um, <laughs> in, in following your progression in foiling, Tom, it seems mm. like a couple months ago, I don't know if it was two or three months ago, but it seems like you had a big mm. inflection point and everything mm. just started clicking. And, yes. and yeah. your, your, your videos mm. went from being pretty good to being incredibly good. <laughs> was that a real point or was it, you know, is there anything that changed in that moment or in that, in that time span mm. or was there a gap in the, the video output and somewhere from before and then c- accumulation of, mm. of practice or were there some, were there some aha moments in there? Um, I, I think, yeah, we, we kind of, perhaps we stepped, you think it was a couple of months ago. Do you say something like that? I don't know. A few months ago, months like ago a, or did gear change? Yeah. Just did anything change that yeah. kind of, so what I did was um, what I what I did was I I was I was so lucky you know that in my position that I could you know that I was offered you know gear to use and I was you know, I mean I was so lucky and I had uh, my first I, I actually purchased my first gear from um, back in the day this was a while back now it was pre getting a um, uh, uh, I got a total knee replacement on my right knee, and and I wanted a foil. That was in 2017, and and I actually purchased a foil from GoFoil, and um, I never got to use that straight away because after trying the first few times, I noticed my right knee that would need a replacement. It was just too far gone for foiling because of mm-hmm. the pressure. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, now I'm getting forced to look at my knee in new ways. But anyway, so whole other story. Coming back to it's the gear. So the gear, uh, I, I finally came to about a year later. I came to the foiling um, through using my my GoFoil stuff, and then I was off, offered. I wrote a, a Cloud Nine with uh, Blaine Chambers. You know, got me on a Cloud Nine. He um, and met up with Chris, you know, and got that stuff going. He, that were, that was just a next level. That feeling going from the the GoFoil original GoFoil setups to a Cloud Nine, which was just slick, you know, that feeling. And then the gears sort of um, 
shifted and then I, um, I tried the um, lift foil, which was really a, just another feeling altogether. It felt really nice, really beautiful foil. Uh, I always loved the look at looking down through just my own eye, just looking through the way the lift foils were really beautifully positioned and I just the way that I looked down them uh, how I looked at surfboards and how nice boards felt and went and then I looked down them and I, all the messages were really right when I looked down the lift foils and so when I was able to tap into one of those <clears throat> that was through Paige Arms and uh, and Rick uh, at that at lift and that that felt awesome I used that for a little bit and then um I tried an Armstrong, and I think it's around that time when I started to – I made a decision to, you know, you know, I actually went through <clears throat> Matt Nuzzo from – I was foiling with him from uh, Real Water Sports there um, in North Carolina, and and he said, you got to try these guys, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm looking the gear, I'm looking the Armstrong stuff, and it was just a, it's just, just the way it will fit and everything just was so solid. So I tried, uh, I tried whilst I was at a Kalama camp, um, the Dave Kalama runs these, these, these stand-up paddleboard coaching clinics and foil clinics out there in Namoto Island. I'm, I'm a part of the coaching staff there, and, <clears throat> and with Colin, and, uh, Colin's a good buddy. Uh, yeah, of mine. with Colin, Colin's yeah. great. Yeah, he's amazing. He he actually got me flopping on the foil too. Yeah. Before I, I knew <laughs> what was going on, I was just watching him a few years back, and uh, 2018, I think it was. And I was just like looking at him, going, "Oh my god, Colin, what are you doing?" <laughs> and he was just jumping around and getting waves out there. The most who left, but oh, he's so coming good back to the yeah, he's a classic. Uh, he really inspired me, and I kind of went. I've got to get this, you know, and I couldn't do it. But he um, he got me moving, and, uh, you know, uh, going back to the gear that um, this was last uh, November, uh, I got in touch with the boys' army and the crew at Armstrong, and um, lo and behold, I was able to um, receive a whole setup from Armstrong. And from then, that started to take me to a new level, really, kind of like being able to tap into the the feeling of this slickness of the um, high-speed HS system and, um, and actually be able to chop shop a couple of the bits and pieces, the tailwing particularly, knocking that back down and, um, and, and swapping out the length of, length of the fuselage and just basically going on the adventure of the, of the system um, and, and understanding what the different feels and what really started to fit me, uh, fit. And, and, I, and that's where it's, I think that's where my, my progression started kind of lifting further into kind of like, and I've got different size masks, which changes the game again, especially if I want to approach bigger ways, stronger ways, uh, and, and, and even smaller ones when I'm just playing paddling in. Uh, with a shorter mast going down to a smaller mast, I've found that you know, on small waves, slightly bigger foil and and the shorter masts, I was able to turn and keep and, and just do shorter turns and and shorter fuselage, or just playing around with the gear. Yeah. And so I'm getting a new experience, and you know that gets me into it more and spending more time at it. So things just start to 
you know, more time, what they're saying, martial arts, which I don't practice. But when I heard that uh, way back in the day when I was putting, you know, want to improve little bits of my surfing, uh, was it the saying, more time on the mat? You know, mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't beat time on the mat. And I, that, that made sense to me. More time I spent, you know, with the foil now, um, the, just the better I'm getting. Yeah, and uh, I think that really played into that gear coming in. So January, February, I really started to sort of lift my game. Mm. It was noticeable. You you mentioned um, foiling in Nomotu there. Mm. You know the waves that are normally shown from Nomotu. I've been there. I've been. I, I was in Tav- I spent a few weeks in Tavaru. One of the absolute best trips our family's ever done. Um, everybody oh, wants to go epic. back so yeah, badly. It's epic. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, but but the waves folks are foiling there are generally those kind of more shoaly, um, inside waves, and what you are foiling yeah. in Australia is more outside, you know, bomby stuff. How's yeah. what's the feeling like for you in you know the two foot little shoal versus the, you know, what you and PB are towing in the the bigger the bigger mm. surf? Is is it the same feeling? Does does size in foiling matter? the same way that it does in surfing, you know, shortboard? Uh, not necessarily because we, yeah. the cool thing about shoaling, you know, the, the inside and the lagoons of the reefs when they're feeling the, the, the right tide and you've got a nice little period in the swell and just we can sort of scoot along and just hit these little sort of wedges and peaks and stuff along in the swell and just hit the crest and just, start moving and motoring along and get that similar feeling as what we do on a bigger wave and we get that like we talked about that projection in the turn is is still available depending on the size of the foil you know the blood you know the, the the foil size and and um and how your set, gear setup is where on the bigger stuff uh, of course it gets a bit it's a bit, <laughs> bit more what i like of the adrenaline hit but <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> I, I I can actually now with a smaller foil with a smaller thing I can see what Led and and the crew were doing there at Nazare and I was just watching that really closely because that's that would that the intensity of what they're doing just doesn't come across on the video um, on on the feeds you know uh, because I, I that what they were doing was intense. <laughs> I can't imagine it. If I ever experienced foiling on a wave that's maybe six feet, if you go up to that size, the size and length, I did actually have a visit to Laird's place a couple of years back and looked at what he was going for. And I, I swear I'm a little guy and I, he, he, is, he had a, a mast that was sort of almost the same height as me, but it's about shoulder height to me. Wow. I was like, he's trying to get this super rigid mast going and I was going, you need a lot of rigidity. But once we start to use that longer mast and smaller foil, uh, that's what I've experienced is you can do these crazy long turns that just incredible, the projection, that's where my legs start <laughs> getting cooked. But if I get a nice fresh day, body's ready and the swell's up and we got this We've got a couple of cracking bombies here in Sydney. And, and the cool thing about flying is we're just finding all these new surf breaks that we'd never looked at before. So we're just tapping into these, you know, when we're, when we're toe forming bigger waves, 
with a longer mast and a smaller foil, I've found that I can lay into the turn uh, a little bit more, of course, and getting that full, uh, the, the projection, the length of the turn is extraordinary. It's, uh, uh, and that's, I, I'm looking forward to That's all new for me. It's all new. I don't know yet what's capable there, and I'm, I'm treading lightly, treading carefully, um, because the consequences become, you know, more pronounced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in the small stuff, it, it kind of coming back to the small stuff. There's still that, still that beautiful speed and projection, and and it's kind of a, um, you know, we can get in a bit of a shorter turn uh, and play a little bit more playful. Um, it gets a bit more serious, of course, as it gets up. And we've got we've got winter coming on now, and uh, it's it's all about to kind of light up. So I'm kind of <laughs> just it's, I'm frothing right now, just talking about it for sure. Mm. I love it, man. Um, mm. Let's get let's get technical a little bit on sure. the path of of boards, how how you've gone through boards, what you like in boards, mm. and then mm. we'll go into to foils after boards. You, you briefly mentioned yeah. that earlier, but we'll get a little deeper into that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like I, I really thought, you know, at some level, um, just like surfing, we can surf on an layer, you know, a flat piece of timber that the um, ancient Hawaiian kind of used to ride. Um, so if we take that kind of analogy over to foiling or the board, you can actually probably screw a you know, McDonald's tray onto the foil and ride that, you know. Um, so basically it, it appears, you know, it appeared to me at first that surfboard design could be very rudimentary uh, or foilboard design could be super rudimentary and be nothing to it. Or it can be um, new things can be applied by experience, and um, and I've watched really closely, you know, the de- de- development of uh, Dave Kalama's boards mm-hmm. and Austin Kalama. I'm watching those guys closely because he's such a brilliant designer and and, uh, and and just a brilliant mind in that regard. To watch and see how he applies that, and um, I. Um, also, guys like um, Blaine Chambers too helped me a lot with the stand-up paddle boards, and that stuff in those boards that I we we did together, and basically the trine underneath using that started to look at what can be applied, and um, I uh, I got I've really got a chance to tap into Freedom Foreboards, Chris at Freedom Foreboards, and try. Um, got offered to try one of those, one of his boards, and I found that he's tapped into something really special in regard to um, the simplicity, but also a couple of basic kind of things that we'd never think of as a surfer with a surfboard, and that is the touchdown when we touch down on the water. So um, and and minimising any kind of touchdown sort of feeling, uh, and letting it slip through the touchdown. Mm-hmm. So uh, and I think that's where we're coming to. And I noticed Dave Kalama came to that stuff real early uh, with Kalama Performance, and uh, it's and uh, I'm you know pretty much taking the 
kind of lead from that, sort of watching him and his explanations of that, and then uh, noticing with the, the opportunity to kind of, to um, receive a couple of boards from three and four board that those designs which have a kind of a you know really thinned out rail edge rail and uh, the volume sort of sitting neatly um, slightly in from the rail and um, a nicely contoured um, scoop out of the deck and then these double concaves and and sort of I guess having a uh, displacement hull of sorts sitting there with it you know as it hits the water and and the touchdown with all the all the volume taken out of the bottom of the edge of the rail so um and created a chime that actually keeps the rail and that's a really basic part of all four board, four boards now but i noticed um with what i like about the three and four board it was just i was able to sort of lay it over a little bit more with less touchdown than, than um, having sort of a flatter bottom yeah all the way out so yeah that that uh, that said I um, <clears throat> I had the opportunity to, to make a board for a friend of mine down the south coast here I came across just by chance a little foil community down on the south coast New South Wales. Oh, killer. Um, Eurobadala foilers, they're called. Eurobadala is an air, an area um, down on the south coast, and they're just a pack of frothing foilers. <laughs> and, I, and I just so happened to have some interest in a property down there that was going down there to do some um, kind of help the people in the bushfires. It was right in the middle of the bushfires. It was really hectic. So I went down there, and I took my foil down because I always thought about this river mouth down there. So, um, and I turned up one day and delivered a whole bunch of big trailer full of stuff down there to be given out to people. And and I went to look at this break that I thought about and I turned up and there's like more foilers out there than surfers. I've gone, oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> so one of those guys who's been surf foiling for about four or five years now, um, I was able to, he asked me to shape a board for him. So I did. So I was got into the technicality of the design with that and and he's a happy customer <laughs> now <laughs> but it's been really cool but I've, the influences that i've had through like dave kalama uh, blaine chambers so i think he's doing stuff for cloud nine now mm-hmm. and uh and i think his board designs are coming through cloud nine and yeah and just just taking a real keen eye on how the design is going for other guys too, like through Jimmy Lewis and stuff. Yeah. It's been really interesting. Was there yeah. anything that you changed? Is there anything yeah. that you've seen differently than, say, Dave or Chris or Blaine uh, that you changed in the board you're, that you're shaping, the board you're shaping? Um, I, I, you know, like I said, I've, I've just put probably a bit bigger... Uh, integrate a larger chine down the down the rear of the board with okay. a sort of almost like a, a rounded pin, mm-hmm. um, smaller board inside, where the and and the and the foil placed um, tracks placed right back against that little pin tail, okay. which is like a a wider pin tail, and the actual outline of the board is almost like a square tail. 
like the main outline, and that chime is taken, you know, right up to the top level of, you know, it's hard for me to explain. So the chime comes right up to, to, me, the, yeah. to the deck, yeah. So it's lifted right, so take a lot of the volume out and lift it up. It's a fairly wide um, square tail. So there's plenty of paddle power for him. He's a paddling foiler, so okay. he gets plenty of paddle power. He he needed he needed the power paddle power, and I think um, you know like coming there's other elements to the technical side of the board. There's construction and getting that really um, light and strong and buoyant. So he's um, able to you know pull the pull the board size down as much as possible. Of course, we're trying to go smaller, but. Um, <clears throat> and there's some interesting takes on going narrower and longer at the moment. Right. I think Arbinson, Arbinson's doing some narrower and longer boards, which is pretty interesting. Um, um, but it's all kind of new and fresh, uh, which is really cool. I think basically, uh, you know, JJ is his name. He, he, the guy that I showed the ball for, he's a, a big guy. Um, tall guy, thin, um, kind of live kind of shape, and he he's um, about eighty five kilogram, ninety kilogram, which um, I guess isn't that big, but he's he the way he applies himself, he's tall, he's you know having a four foot four board is is quite small for him, mm-hmm. so he came down and. You know, I got him involved in the whole design of things, so he had a lot of input, a lot of input along the way. Um, yeah, so that really I applied all the experience and all the knowledge that I, you know, was offered by other shapers and other foilers and you know designers and stuff. So there's nothing, you know, I I try to apply um, a little bit of my own touch in there, which. Which is really just yeah, me placing <laughs> a few kind of design elements, but they're just really minor. It's really taking what I've experienced and um, and other people's boards. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, let's uh, let's switch it to foils a little bit. I know that you're riding mm. the Armstrong setup right now, and the arms yeah. Armstrongs come with the ability to shim. Um, yeah. Are you? Are you experimenting much with shims? Do you have any any thoughts on shimming right now, especially with some of the bigger towing that you're doing? Um, yeah, look, I've got the I, I have two shims. Um, I've got the zero, and is it a one? It's funny how they've, they've I've got the one that's just absolutely no no lift um, um, or no shim, and then there's one that's just. The, the first one up from that so which has actually got a zero on it so I don't, I'm quite sure why it says a zero on it but that the the one with the slight angle which is just the one up from the no um, that is neutral that's the one that I like to use the most so okay. it's just a it's good but it's actually got a zero on it. I'm not quite sure why it's got a zero on it yet um, so, um, but that's the one I tend to use the most, and it just gives me a little bit more freedom uh, out off give, the top. If I'm coming off the top, of it a gives wave, you a little bit more lift, or is it a little bit more neutral? Uh, it's just, it just gives me a freedom 
good good question about that. <laughs> but what it, what it does, it gives me a bit more freedom in coming. If I'm going up the face and I want to come back down the face, which is a really different from on a surfboard mm-hmm. because the the way the foil behaves underneath the water, uh, oh, it will offer me a little bit more freedom coming around, bringing it around. I really want to get that top turn going. So uh, if I've got it on the neutral one, it just wants to go a little bit. It fights it a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So there's just a little bit more of a fight to kind of bring it around. Uh, It will come around, uh, nevertheless. But uh, on a bigger wave, you know, I like to, you know, get that. It tends to be a smoother arc. Uh, and I definitely like it on a smaller wave too. But I have been going I, – I will go back and, and just do a little bit more research on that. Okay. I think I need to get that clearer, but it just definitely feels uh, where there's a slight angle, and a slight angle with a bigger uh, shim, it just gives me that freedom out off the top. Yeah. Mm. I've found that – I didn't like shims very much when I was just working on pumping. But then when I started wanting to, to tighten up all of my turning, I started mm. I started shimming a lot more to, to really change that turning radius to tighten it up a little mm. bit. Um, I felt that was like a like a pretty cool I think I think shims are gonna become a much bigger part of oh, yeah. foiling as mm. we all become a little bit more knowledgeable. Uh, yeah, and the relationship and the relationship between like you said, the relationship between the tail wing and mm-hmm. the front. Yeah, and understanding what you know, obviously shorter fuselage, da 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 da. That's been a real common one, but yeah, the shim, and then uh, you know the sizes and different sizes and stuff. That's going to be super interesting. What's coming up there? Uh, I'm really and the relationship between the kind of level of where the tail fin, the tail um, foil is. So whether it's on the same level. Um, or it's slightly higher or lower. Mm. Instead of I notice, yeah, that 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 can play a big role in the actual shape, whether it's convex, concave, or mm. yeah, that, that's yeah, an interesting so one. much. Yeah. Um. Well, wrapping up here a little bit. I really appreciate all your time. And what I want to yeah, end with, thanks, is you've been a part of the whole beautiful progression of surfing and and watched yeah. an, an integral part in doing it and then also as, mm. as a you know um one of the godfathers of the sport and where it went over yeah. the last you know decade how do you see foiling unfold over the next 10 20 years what do you what do you think the sport will look like <laughs> oh I, I you know perhaps it'll be I mean, you know what? I have, I'm just so flabbergasted at what's coming up. I, 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 you know, I never saw this coming. You know, I never saw myself doing it. I never saw myself stand up paddling. I never saw myself doing this stuff, all this stuff um, from back. I, but to try to imagine, I guess, uh, foiling where just we'll just know how to tap into a whole new range of movement with a wave uh stuff that we're you know applying maybe even 
I was actually talking to Kelly Slater a couple of days ago about four. And he goes, oh, I was wondering how come there's not like two kind of, you know, coming out from either side. And so just a bit more like the America's Cup um, boats or why isn't there so you can get further over on the rail? You can have the other one, you know, you get it laid over because he's thinking about laying over. And that was kind of interesting. So there's maybe we we don't know, you know. So it's going to be interesting just where there's a willingness to try and play because we're just playing with new things. So discovering how the foil will play out in bigger waves, bigger ocean, more um, steeper conditions, uh, understanding, you know, more performance, watching where it's taking us, like with the wing, uh, and and using the wind and and the and the elements to project us out there into the ocean, onto waves, open ocean waves. Whether that's a a motivation, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I think it will be downwind stuff. Using, I think the foil will be applied to other outs way outside our sphere. Before will start to be used in in other areas of um, using that technology to, you know, obviously it's been used in boats and stuff um, to get, you know, be, become a lot more efficient, fuel efficient, and so on. So the foil will be used in other areas. I think even in drone activity in the ocean, uh, just just um, to pick up information um, and to be tapped into the weather forecasting and things like that, mm-hmm. maybe, perhaps. Uh, but performance-wise, I think we'll see kids just take this to next level. Like, you know, this, they're just going to refine this. We will refine it. We're just natural evolutionary forces. We'll just refine this to such a an amazing level of performance. I can't wait to see what kids are going to take, where they're going to take this. It's, uh, you know, keep going from flat water stuff to... Uh, uh, you know, waveforms to what kind of waveforms we can actually access. <laughs> Do, yeah. I, can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's just fascinating. Yeah. Do you think that if you had a foil 20, 30 years ago, it would have changed the way your surfing path? Oh, definitely. But it, I mean, already it's just even just paddling out on a normal board now, looking at the water differently. Mm-hmm. I'm um, just noticing the way the water's moving. It's just different now. My pers- my perception of, yeah, I'm just reading differently. Uh, so gosh knows what that's going to do <laughs> and what, <laughs> what effect that's that would have had on me. Uh, but for sure, it's, it's, we're going to be looking at nature differently and, and it's going to spark different, you know, motivations. So yeah, for sure that would have changed. Mm. Do you think that surfing will always be the pinnacle of, you know, shortboarding will always be the pinnacle of surf sports? Or do you think that the efficiency of foiling gives some threat to that in, in the future as, as this sport refines? Mm, um, hard to say that one. I, yeah. I think they're going to be just two different disciplines. Mm-hmm. And as we apply ourselves, they'll, I think, Shortboarding so accessible, it's so accessible, just from an economic point of view too. Right. There's a few different, few different pressures there. But 
um, but also just the fact that you can just stand up on a piece of equipment on a on a wave uh, that's so simple as just a you know piece of wood <laughs> no <laughs> uh, that can be shaped. But uh, I think that that will always sort of be a very strong strong um, part of our kind of um, I guess heritage and and practice now. I think it's just so accessible. Um, I, I at one point thought, oh, we're you know, surfing's going to die, shortboarding's going to die because who, who's, you know, we just want to make it easier so all just become bodyboarders. I thought that was going to be the case because what, why would we want to make it so hard on ourselves by standing, having to stand up on a wave every day? I mean, <laughs> but because you know, I thought bodyboarders have got this nailed. <laughs> they're going faster, they're accessing crazier waves. I mean, this is it's an incredible way of surfing, bodyboarding. But yeah. It's not the case, is it? Like we still want to stand up for ourselves at some level. <laughs> I think it's the cool no, factor. I think the surfing has yeah. a lock on the cool factor. Yeah, um, yeah. and that that's and and, and like we talked about before, that can be. Uh, yeah, it has lock on a cool factor, but that can be detriment. To it can be the the fun level we're yep. going to get because we're going to caught in this fashion thing. <laughs> but it's like the idea of uh, the cool, yeah, we kind of negate the kind of froth to what 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 really is going on and that is um, the evolution and yeah sure i think who knows what's coming up foiling mm, the performance in foil the actual is definitely got me uh, my enthusiasm level up you know like to engage and it's just giving me a new lease in life i think that that's that you know that's what we want that's what we're going for isn't it and yeah. so you know what you know i want to pass on that joy and, and I think if we see performance levels refine and refine and refine and we see that happening particularly in the fall community in Hawaii, which I'm always watching, it's so cool, it's coming from Hawaii, you know. It's coming from Hawaii for a number of different reasons, but particularly the fact that, you know, that is the, probably the birthplace of surfing. So it's so cool that it's emanating from that, that area. Mm. I love that. Um, well, Tom, thank you so much. I, mm. I truly appreciate your time. Uh, anything you want to leave folks with and then get on get on with your day, man. Cool, cool Eric. <laughs> it's been a real uh, pleasure. Yeah, I'll be listening up too in future. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, well, well, huge thanks again for, for coming on. I know everyone's going to be super fired up. There's been, I mean, probably the most requested guest to get on the show. So, um, <laughs> Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right, Tom. Thank right you. Right on, Eric. Take care, mate. Cheers. And happy whatever you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cheers. Cheers.